Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We are starting a new series today. This book that we're now reading is called A Fire Upon the Deep by Werner Vinge. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, we're just going to call him... We're going to call him Vern. I like Vern. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I, I mean, I love Vern. It reminds okay. me of a good friend I once had named Laverne again, but... <laughs> Vern's, Vern's good. <laughs> okay. Obviously, we're going to do an intro segment to get us warmed up. Absolutely. And I've got, I'm going to call it a hot take. I don't know how hot it actually is. Oh. So okay. I, I think you might tell me that this is not a very hot take, but that's okay. My hot take is that audiobooks are terrible. Hmm. And here's the well, thing. Well, hold on. Before we go any further, Luke, we are destroying any opportunity we have for a sweet Audible sponsorship with this <laughs> with this hot take. So I just I want us to both be aware of that going into this. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know what? I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right. I'm me. willing. I'm willing to risk that. That's the sacrifice I think we're both willing to make for our listening audience. Right. This content is going to be so good. No other podcaster is going to take this bold stance because they're all in the pockets of big audiobook. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I want to say the idea of an audiobook is fantastic. Just because, I mean, th- because when you think about how podcasts are so popular, like, of course, audiobooks should be so good. And it's, it is very popular. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of being able to just, if I'm doing something else that's kind of doesn't take that much focus, I can pop in an audiobook. But I've I've listened to a couple audiobooks before. Okay. And the the person that's reading them. Oh, okay. Here's a secondary hot take, actually. <laughs> let's put a pin in that first one we're coming back to it it's it's gonna be similar it's like it's like under the this is a hot take that's under the umbrella of the previous hot take okay yeah this new hot take is that in my opinion the the better the reader of an audiobook the worse the experience for me uh because right. because better audiobook people give like more more characters they give more like uh different voices and that kind of things yeah but here's the here's the reason that i don't like audiobooks okay is because those are not he's this guy is making the choice for these voices and how these people sound and i often don't respect his choices his or her choices okay I had read the first book of this series, and then I listened. I tried to listen to the audiobook of the second one. Okay. Yeah. And he gave characters voices, and I was just like, "No, that's not what he sounds like." So you're you're saying the the audiobook voice actor's decision for Hermione Granger? Oi, I'm Hermione Granger. <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. That wasn't quite what you had envisioned. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just, it's kind of the same thing with how I view, like, if you watch a TV show or a movie of a, 
book before the book, it kind of ruins who you, like how you can view these people. Uh-huh. I think the audiobook does that in an even more significant way because it's one actor. So he has to make voices crazy so that you can know who's who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, example, all the villains always sound so villainous. And it's like, he doesn't freaking sound like that. Don't, <laughs> don't give this villain that I normally would have thought was kind of cool some terrible voice so that I know that he's the villain. It's like, I already know he's the villain. Hey, give him a cool voice. Ploy me, Harry. I'm Snape coming to get ya. <laughs> See, I feel like that was similar to the Hermione voice. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. You just, that was an evil. See, okay. See, you would be a good, in my opinion, a good audiobook person because you're not very good at it <laughs> uh all right that's a matter of personal opinion i guess <laughs> hold on do you want to hear my hagrid yes i'd love to oi ari how we doing <laughs> lad love it i love it so so t- tell me what, what do you think is this is this a hot take all right i actually okay i agree with you in one aspect of this and this is actually part of my reason for why I won't watch a Game of Thrones. All right, think about this. How many people have read The Lord of the Rings without watching The Lord of the Rings? At this point, probably not many. Like maybe four. <laughs> so those four people have this like image in their head of what Middle Earth and what Frodo and Sam and Aragorn all look like. And it is wildly different from everybody else because everybody else who's seen the movies, the aesthetic of the movie is now how everybody thinks about the Lord of the Rings because the movies are so popular and so well done. It's just like it kind of replaces whatever your imagination would come up with. It's even like when I think back to the Harry Potter books, I envision those characters the way that they are represented in the movie because that was such a big part of the experience. And so I kind of have, and it's hard, especially nowadays, like I still, my Game of Thrones reading experience is informed somewhat by the show because I've seen who plays Jamie Lannister and I'm like, know all these actors who play these parts, but I don't think it's as deep as somebody who has watched every episode of the show. I think my, the world I have in my head is much more mine because it hasn't been influenced by someone else creating it in a way that I can watch. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, I totally agree with you. So in this That's... way I think I think you're right with an audiobook. It, it it's a less it's a slightly lesser form of the visual representation because the voice is then created for you. So where you're not thinking of how the voice would sound. And yeah, if if you think the villain would be cool, if you hear a shitty voice, if somebody does like an evil like <laughs> kind of voice that's not cool exactly and it's and so i think i definitely agree with your point on the the game of thrones thing i will say some things have done a very good job like i think game of thrones has done a very good job and lord of the rings has done a very good job of representing those characters but yes it's still it's just it's just a an error like a issue in the the way that this works where it's just not as good because I can't imagine what I would originally have imagined. Right. Well, and I'm not even I don't even want to say one is better or worse than the other. 
I just think it's really interesting that there are so few people that exist right now that have this like original idea of what a Game of Thrones and the Lord of the Rings kind of feel like to them. And I mean, maybe I'm just speaking from my experience. Maybe you have seen all the TV shows and movies and still think of Aragorn or Jamie Lannister as different than how you've seen them portrayed on screen. But there's got to be a little bit of you that thinks that Vigo is Aragorn. Exactly. Like I read Harry Potter before the movie, like before every movie came out. Yeah. But I still now picture all the characters like they are in the movies. Right. Right. I agree. Um, The place that I disagree with you, I think I'm, I think I'm taking a more extreme stance than you, Luke. I think I'm making this more hot. Okay. I don't like audiobooks because of how passive they are. So when you say you can just throw on an audiobook and while you're doing something else and you can listen to a book that way, I don't want to consume a book that way. I want to consume a like I want to like have my focus entirely on what I'm doing. And if you're reading a book, you can't be doing that while you're doing something. Like I can't wash the dishes and read a book. It doesn't work. But I could wash the dishes and like have somebody read a book to me where it's just kind of like maybe through osmosis I'm figuring out what's going on but I can't imagine that you actually now this is just my own how I would do it um I'm sure if you sat down and just listened to an audiobook you could get that a very similar experience to sitting down and reading it but I I don't want to passively have a book read to me I want to actively read a book so for that reason I'm I think another level of against audiobooks it it doesn't matter if they're good or bad it the idea of an audiobook to me is bad the concept (laughs) that you can be doing something else and that's how they're marketed too they're marketed like oh you could throw a book on in the car on your drive to and i guess that's okay because you right that's the way that i would normally do it yeah but i think if you're like at work or washing you know cleaning the house or something and you're listening to an audiobook you're probably not paying as close of attention as you would if you were reading it so i'm gonna say down with the whole industry at this point i'm gonna say burn (laughs) it to the ground uh and start over start over strong a strong stance that we're taking against audiobooks and you know in fact luke this is probably going to be unpopular i think tv and movies are better than audiobooks wow okay so i first of all i agree with you but i'm very surprised that your opinion is this well because for tv and movies you are fully engaged with it you don't really Mm -hmm. put on a tv show or a movie in the background and go do something else you're active like you are engaged with it entirely sure okay so i i think you just got to be aware of what you're doing you know yeah okay fair enough live in the moment i mean this was this was a hot take that dan made even hotter but i know there are people that love audiobooks and uh fight me i guess i mean yeah send send us the hate mail i'm just gonna assume that you're a lobbyist for audible but send me the hate mail (laughs) uh audible if you'd like to give us money after this i mean we'll take it we will turn around our no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) depends how much money you offer us so and i want to okay we've we've this was a long intro but i just want to point out dan stop talking about game of thrones in the intros we talked about this damn it (laughs) 
This was your thing. That you t- okay. <laughs> Damn it. I'm okay, sorry. But let's let's move on to the book. So, again, A Fire Upon the Deep by Werner Vinge, or Vern, as we like to call him. Mm-hmm. And we are we have finished part one. I think that's through chapter 16. Yep. And so far, I want to just say, we got to stop reading books that I've already read. Because this is a book that I have not already read. And the experience is so much better. And I, I don't know why I keep suggesting for us to do books that I've already read. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's because you are kind of a self-righteous asshole who only thinks <laughs> that you have good taste. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so when, you know, I'll recommend a book and you'll say, oh, yeah, that's that sucks. This is way better. We should read this. And I'll say, yeah, OK, but maybe mine later. And then we never get to my books that I've recommended. My good, 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 good books. Right. Yeah, I just think should... I just think Green Eggs and Ham has a lot of potential. <laughs> you know, maybe one day and listeners you're welcome for vetoing green eggs and ham. <laughs> but yeah, so basically my point is that I've been very intrigued by this book. Uh-huh. I, I also am realizing that I also don't read sci-fi very often. I read mostly fantasy. Mm-hmm. And sci-fi is much more like bonkers. <laughs> uh, yes. Just by... by definition of what sci-fi is i guess where like everything is just completely different yeah yeah this book was so (laughs) i until yesterday i thought i was going to come into this episode with just just hating the book so far (laughs) i i was so ready to just hate this book for the entire episode the first like maybe 12 chapters annoyed the shit out of me and it's okay. it's because of something that is common to pretty much every sci-fi book where you're dropped into a world and things aren't explained to you right away and they kind of come out over time. Things are revealed to you throughout the course of the story, usually in a pretty clever way. Usually I really like that because it feels more real. It feels like you don't have this person just explaining the world to you. You get to figure it out. There's some kind of mystery to it. This book, though, there was too much mystery for me <laughs> early on, and none of it was explained. And so, and it seemed like it was important to the story. It seemed like there were these big events that were happening that I was like, I don't, I don't know any of what is happening. I'm just going to kind of skim this part because you said a bunch of words that I have no idea what they mean. There's like a beyond and a transcendent and a, okay. I mean, that sounds scary, but that's fine (laughs) so so i was prepared to just hate this they do get there Mm -hmm. they i i am now i feel like i have a good understanding of how everything works and it felt like it was done in a very clever way i it was satisfied it was very satisfying how it was revealed i'm cool with it now now i'm on board (laughs) 10 chapters in i was very ready to if we weren't recording a podcast, I might have put it down. <laughs> Just because you didn't know what was happening? And it didn't feel like 
it felt like at a couple places there was a cursory explanation and that seemed like it was going to be all we were going to get. Oh, okay. I see and, what you mean. Yeah, and yeah. so it felt, I felt kind of hopeless, like, okay, well, we're never going to know what this thing really is. It's just, we have to assume it's bad or assume it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I will say the, the prologue for me was difficult because it was, it felt like, so these sci-fi books do a lot what you're talking about where they drop you in and then kind of fill in the details later. Mm-hmm. The prologue to me felt like, and probably was supposed to feel like the end of the book where <laughs> everything had, like we had been dropped in and then we had been explained and now we could be, we could be talking about more complex things. That's what the prologue felt to me. And I was just like, I haven't learned any of this yet. <laughs> Yeah, they're talking about like ultra wave and nanobot and all this techno babble, and I was like, okay, and, yeah. And there's beings that are you're like, are they human? No, I don't think they're human. They like they formed like... from the mold in the wall, <laughs> I think. Yeah, so I I know what you mean, and I'm still very much. There's still a lot of things that I'm very much confused about, mm-hmm. but I've made a little bit of progress. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I know more than fifty percent of the words now that are being <laughs> thrown at me, which good. is a good place to be. <laughs> okay, let's get into some observations. The first one that I have is they're flying the the escape attempt. The family mm-hmm. is flying this little shuttle rocket, whatever it is. And they kind of talk about it. So this is this is an observation that's already talked about in the book a little bit. But I just want to say, when I'm driving around and I see a parking spot and I have to parallel park into it, I get a little stressed out. A little stressed out. Uh, I, th- I think I'm decent at parallel parking, but still. This dude <laughs> freaking parks his spaceship that like is heavily damaged i imagine uh-huh. and doesn't have any automation or maybe a little <laughs> bit it's not basically none his cameras are all gone and he just like caches it right on the ground perfect <laughs> yeah to me i was envisioning the equivalent of like a shipping container with i don't know like a fire hose coming out the bottom for <laughs> propulsion and he lands this perfectly on top of a hill just as he planned and he doesn't sound stressed at all. Did you notice this? He's like cracking yeah. jokes and stuff. Yeah. God. Think of think of what his cargo is as he's doing this. His yeah, his family and a bunch of kids. Tons of children. Like a hundred kids are in his cargo. And he's cracking jokes about how he might not be able to land this gigantic spaceship well. What? <laughs> I mean, maybe he was doing it to comfort his children. Like, oh don't worry. It's gonna be right. Fun. I'm sure. I'm sure that was he was doing that. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just impressed, and I'm partially expecting him to come back from the dead. Honestly. Whoa. I mean, it's happened before. Listen, there's no one that's that competent at landing a spaceship that gets taken out by a dog's claw. <laughs> I feel like those skills are transferable. <laughs> I want to talk about that scene when they get attacked by the dogs. So at this point, you don't really have a good understanding of what the dogs are or the dog packs and how they work. And at one point in the fight, there were arrows flying at them 
and then dogs came out of the underbrush. And my first thought was, how are these dogs firing arrows? (laughs) And then when it was explained how the dog packs worked, I had this. So first I thought, okay, that that makes sense. One dog holds the bow and the other dog pulls back the string and shoots the arrow. And then I thought, why the fuck wouldn't they come up with a better way of shooting arrows than a bow? Like, that's what a human do. A human who's got two hands says, I can use these to make a bow and arrow, and it works pretty well for one person. Why would a dog say, what if we came up with a bow and arrow that took two dogs to fire? (laughs) Right. There's just kind of an extension. Everything in this world is almost identical to a human world. But just the dogs use everything. <laughs> right. And you would think that they would be they would be developing things that are conducive to them. It's like come up with dog stuff. <laughs> like the only dog thing, they, they've got little they've got like brass knuckles. That's really the only dog thing. And but... those are Okay, they're not brass knuckles, they're little claws, but I Yeah, they've got little Wolverine. Oh yeah, we should also say we're gonna call them dogs. Uh they are referred to as slightly different than dogs, just that they have a long giraffe neck. But they're basically dogs and they behave right. similar to dogs. Also their architecture is slightly different. But if their buildings were human shaped, at that point I would just think that they had killed some people and taken over their zone. Right, yeah. Uh, That's because their buildings are the only thing so far that has shown up to differentiate them from just people who got turned into dogs. And even then, it's barely different. Right. They still have castles and fascist dictators and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Okay, how do they put on jackets, Luke? They're wearing jackets. There's gotta be a better way. So there's they apparently are very very good at using their like mouths and paws I guess. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where someone does surgery. What? I know. And there's there's stitching they're making clothes they're painting they have a writing system right yeah i'm impressed i'm not (laughs) and i'm not impressed because they're just doing person stuff okay fair enough do dog stuff there's cool dog (laughs) stuff you could do right i I do want to see more dog stuff they have boats they have boats that have like rigging and it looks like a catamaran they have just catamaran boats you know what dan I think this proves, actually, that humans have developed the best system possible in our world. Because if dogs in this other world that have never seen us are doing the same thing and just like it's difficult for them, but they're like, this is the best way. I think that proves that we have chosen the best way and are, and, are, and have developed to be <laughs> to, to take advantage of the best possible way to set up our society. Luke, I just realized how foolish, how foolish we are. I know. What if we haven't come up with the best way to do any of this shit? Are you saying maybe the dogs are better than us? 
No, 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 no. I'm not saying that because they're definitely not. (laughs) But maybe what... So what you're saying is there's an archetypical structure that every smart race follows. And every smart race does the same kind of shit because that's what everybody inevitably gets to. Mm -hmm. And we're making fun of these dogs for doing it worse than us. But maybe there's some aliens that do it way better than us and would come to a human planet and be like, why are they using bow and arrow? That only works because <laughs> we have telepathy powers that allow us to manipulate it without using our hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's for sure an alien that can use seven bows at once. And they're like, why do they have to do one person per bow? That's embarrassing. <laughs> so we're just, we're just, we're kind of a middle link. We're better at this stuff than the dogs but probably not as good as some other alien. Probably not the best. And they look at us putting on a jacket and they're like, that just looks uncomfortable. Why would you wear something like that? <laughs> like they do surgery? What? How can they do that? They've only got okay. 10 fingers. They can't even use their tail. Yeah. I, okay. I think you might be right on this. Um, but I don't know. But, but hey, we're not the worst. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. All right. uh, (laughs) This actually transitions very well into something else. You you know who probably would be the worst, though? Who's that? The fucking bonsai trees on mobility scooters (laughs) that we've heard for the last five chapters. Okay, okay. Tell me what you're picturing for this. In your mind's eye. A bonsai tree on a mobility scooter. Okay. I think that's probably more accurate. What are you picturing, picturing for these? What are these things called again? Also, the pronunciations in this episode are going to be abysmal. Yeah, I'm here. I'm. I'm. I think the name is Scrode Riders, which is. <laughs> <laughs> I, which I don't know if the term Scrode means the same thing. Back then. <laughs> no, I was definitely right? picturing Scrode Riders. So. Scrode riders. What are you picturing okay. the scrode the scrodes look like? I'm picturing a small Christmas tree on you know one of those little <laughs> those little uh what are they called? Those little wagons that like kids will carry around and they're like red. Like the red flyer wagons. Yeah, yeah, red flyer wagon. That's what I'm picturing. Which I don't know why I'm picturing that, because they're very technologically advanced. And that's obviously not what they would be using. But that's the first thing that came to my mind. Right. The description was they look like an ornamental tree. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're just taking that as like, oh, they have ornaments on them. Well, okay. I wasn't actually thinking of the ornaments. I was just thinking of the type of tree that's a Christmas tree. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, Either way, (laughs) these things are not firing a bow and arrow with any proficiency. (laughs) Yeah. They're not... They're not great hand-to-hand combat. Uh, they're not. A, yeah, they're not a race that's great at hand-to-hand combat. Fight scenes. Okay, before they had met other races, they probably had novelists. Maybe, maybe. people people coming up with stories, mm-hmm. not necessarily novelists. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes in those books were not very interesting, if any. <laughs> Maybe uh, they probably just had really good political intrigue books. Actually. Ooh. Or maybe no, they were no. just like, maybe they were just beautiful descriptions of nature. 
It was all just <laughs> poetry about how great their spot was that they were hanging right. out in. Right. But do I mean do you remember their origin story? They were basically they're basically trees that they sit out in the water or something and memorize patterns. Right. They have and like then... basic neurological functions. They don't have short-term memory. It they're like a plant. Right. Yeah. And then someone came along and put them on this wagon that I'm imagining. And we're like, fly free. <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there was a group of four teenagers driving their spaceship around, super baked. And they landed on this planet and saw one of these plants in the water. And they were like, dude, dude, you know, it'd be dope. What if this tree could like move? <laughs> and he pulled out this like cart that they had on their spaceship, dug up a tree and put it on the cart and gave it like a voice, a voice box. Okay. This is where I'm coming up with this speed wagon idea because they didn't have, they, they didn't come prepared for this. I, I assume these, no. these teenagers, right? No. They had this little speed wagon in the back of their car or is that what it's called? Red, uh, red flyer. Red Flyer, sorry. Yeah, Red Flyer. And they're like, dude. <laughs> and they take out this tree and put it on there. <laughs> I think this is this is in my headcanon now. And the, the first one that they did, the first one that they did wasn't even sentient or anything. They were just fucking <laughs> blazed out of their minds. And they were pushing it around like, did you see it move? Shit, man. <laughs> they were just so high. And they did it with so many of them that eventually one of them was like, okay, we got to put an end to this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bring us back to a little, uh, well, it's not right during the fight scene, but it's the aftermath of that fight scene. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the, I forget the name, but the, the guy that's the pilgrim. Wait, the fight scene between the refugees that landed and Steel's forces? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. After that. The pilgrim, I forget his name. Um, Peregrine? P- Peregrine, I think. Peregrine. Peregrine he, has, took. he has several names. <laughs> yeah. So. Damn it, Luke. Yeah, a little Lord of the Rings action there. Okay. Uh, he He's walking through and he tries to steal. He's trying to steal those jackets off of dogs. <laughs> and he tries to steal one off of a pack. It's like right there. Mm-hmm. First of all have a little situation awareness don't steal don't like loot this body that is part of this person right here that's just that's rude anyway understandably he gets attacked and one of his dogs gets murdered yeah and at the time i was devastated (laughs) Uh uh-huh and i think that's because it was a dog you know, because it was very early in the book and I wasn't that attached and it was like not actually that big of a deal because it's just one part of him. Yeah. But I think the fact that it was a dog was very upsetting to me. No, honestly, that scene kind of hit me fairly hard as well. And I think part of it is it was I think it was written pretty well. Like right, we yes. we got the experience of one of the members of this pack dying and it sounded like this character was going to die for a while 
because of how they were describing this death that they were experiencing and it was very rough and this dog didn't even do anything this dog was i mean yeah they were looting corpses but (laughs) but like bad corpses yeah and i mean it's not like that's even that bad what are they going to do with the jackets anyway (laughs) right that's fair no i'm i'm with you on that but you you think the only reason is because it was a dog so okay i think i think i would be sad about it if it wasn't a dog don't get me wrong Uh but i think it would have just been like there's a lot of deaths in books that i read yeah so i think it would have just been like oh dang that's rough and good like good good story writing and it made me upset because of the story writing too but i don't think i would have been as affected had it not been a dog uh luke were you more upset by the dog dying or the girl's parents dying dog dying for sure <laughs> yeah Is that I bad? No. <laughs> i mean maybe i'm not gonna judge though mm-hmm. that's not my place now if i'm honest yeah. with you dan yeah i was very unaffected by the parents dying i i just thought wow that's gonna suck for those kids that was the only the rest of it was like oh well everybody else died i guess right now did the scene okay which scene made you angrier the scene where one of steel's dogs killed the dog from peregrine or the scene where what's the what's the little girl's name joanna i think joe yeah joanna or the scene where joanna starts beating this dog within an inch of its life that was also rough i think so okay i think if that dog had died that would have been worse for me Uh uh-huh since he didn't i think it might not be worse for me but it was not great especially because that dog was already the dog that was like very remorseful like it sounded like a nice dog i mean don't give me i think he killed the dad yeah it sounds like she identified him correctly as killing the dad right but that was back when he was part of the psycho army (laughs) now he's shown remorse and i don't know i felt for the guy a little (laughs) dude i hated that scene i hated that scene so much the okay i could i could perfectly sympathize with the girl in that scene i could perfectly understand why she would do the things that she did it all makes sense i still hate her for that (laughs) i totally agree because i was trying to i was starting to really dislike her because of how she kept attacking these dogs Uh and i was also part of me was like but like they killed her dad (laughs) right and her mom and shot her in the chest with an arrow yeah and in her mind justifiably she thinks that these dogs that she's currently with are responsible for that right so i get it into like in my mind i understand it but i'm still like god stop freaking hitting these dogs (laughs) they're trying to help you and like i get it she thinks that they're she thinks that they're taking her to their lair to do some weird experiments on her or to use her for something malicious i get it that's what i would assume too but stop hitting the dogs stop it okay yeah i'm glad we're on the same page with that um luke how many types of furniture can these animals have 
It's got to be like two, right? So I was struck that they had chairs. I thought that was odd. Wait, what? I'm pretty sure there's a scene where they have chairs, isn't there? Uh, So I'm not ref... I don't remember a scene where they had chairs, and I was explicitly looking for it when I realized what these creatures looked like afterwards. But they pass furniture vendors in the streets. (laughs) And I can only imagine they have, like, low coffee table and bed. Yeah. I... Can they they can't have chairs, Luke. If they have chairs, then they're they're definitely doing this wrong. If they have chairs, then they they created arrows, jackets, and chairs. <laughs> okay, don't quote me on them having chairs, but I feel like there was a scene where there was a chair. I I would not be surprised, but that is wild if they have chairs. He, okay, yeah, I agree. Uh I have okay, I have another point that I want to tie into this, but first, I want to say for the furniture, I think I could see there being different types of furniture based on the fact that they're a pack that like sits together or does everything together. Like maybe there's some really neat ways to put five beds together. What like you know? one big bed? Or I, they so they always they the the <laughs> fair enough. The point that I'm trying to make is there's there's talk of different formations are better for different things yeah maybe there's a sleep formation that there, there maybe there's some debate over which sleep formation is better i'm thinking i'm thinking deep here dan like how to maximize rem how to maximize rem uh how to make sure that everybody's not having bad dreams you know maybe there's there's a good dream formation there's a stay alert formation but still sleep i don't know <laughs> well like all right we got to enter into our four clover formation everybody <laughs> take a i don't know take a watch i don't and you're saying there's special furniture for this to enable... yeah like some furniture is specially crafted to where it can transition like we have adjustable beds right that are very cool i want one but we don't like oh, beds I see that what you can press saying. a button and they like move up if you want to read or something yeah those kind of beds okay. these beds these the, some of these furniture sellers can quickly rotate into different positions or formations hold on luke i just want to make this very clear you're talking about and i'm gonna everybody medieval furniture designers are creating beds that can move really quickly yeah uh, okay let me do my other thing that's going to tie into this yeah, yeah yeah get us there let me let me read you a quote from the section that's from Steele, Mr. Steele, or whatever we calling him. <laughs> Two of him sipped brandy, while another smoked southern herbs. What? Dude's getting high as fuck. First of all, brandy. Second of all, how does a dog sip? Because <laughs> I think. I think word choice is has been important in this book yes. already. Yes, yes, yes. There's been, whenever he's describing something that the dog's doing, it's been, I think, accurate to how dogs would do this thing. And he's sipping this brandy. So the only way I can think of this happening is one dog is controlling the glass and the other dog is drinking from said glass. Like one dog is slightly tipping it back with his nose. Yes. Okay. But 
Okay, this is just yet another example of a ridiculous thing to do. Why would you sip it when the normal thing to do would just be lap it up from a bowl? And if everyone's dogs, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Maybe maybe sipping to them is a slow lap. <laughs> then call it lapping up brandy. <laughs> yeah, He's I agree with you. He's not sipping. None. Also, I that scene stuck out to me as well because I just wanted to imagine four dogs trying to roll a blunt. <laughs> what, what would that even look like? It would look like they were just pushing around like a cigarette on the floor for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. I mean, maybe he smoked a pipe. Fine. I, I can hear you, listener. Maybe he smoked a pipe. But it's... Just for a minute, have some fun with me and and picture four dogs pushing around a joint on the floor trying to roll it up. That's that's a nice that's a nice visual. I love that. I love that very much. Okay. That's that's a lot of talk about making fun of these dogs that we've done. I think we've already established that we freaking love these dogs though. Yeah, okay. No, I agree. I'm just saying I'm just saying we might want to talk about the bigger events that happened in this book. No, I don't want to do that just yet. Okay, fair enough. I don't have any more notes on bigger events. I have more stupid stuff. Yeah. So. Go ahead. Get us some stupid stuff, please. I have a lot more. Can we talk about the... Well, okay. Let me jump into this a different way. I love certain phrases that are... Like, I love the way certain modern phrases come about and mm-hmm. using them. For example, I often call myself ya boy. Like, I'll be like, ya boy is hyped for this thing. Another one I love, fam. <laughs> love using fam. <laughs> so the fact that this dude's name is fam made the book for me, honestly. And I get that it's that this book was written before the phrase fam came out, but I just want him to use it in a way that makes sense both for his name and for the phrase fam. He did. Did he? <laughs> so there is a line. I didn't write it down because I thought it was too stupid, and I'm so glad you took us here. There is a line when she's talking to him, and she says, look, fam, we got to do this <laughs> thing. And I died for a second. Oh, this was my favorite part of the book. His name is Fam, and I freaking love Fam. <laughs> Fam is Bay. I'm excited for Bay to show up. <laughs> the I think this actually transitioned really well. So, what her name is Ravina, Ravina, uh, something like that. Yeah. So, we did a, a series on Hyperion a little while ago. And in that series, a woman was, as Luke called it, bout it, bout it for an AI robot kind of thing, like a mix between an AI robot and a human. And Ravina is bout it, bout it, bout it <laughs> for this AI robot thing. Like she jumped on that techno dick within a day. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed. And, I mean, I can't blame her. 
What? It sounds like it sounds I like have based... a serious issue with this. Okay. It sounds like these AI guys know how to make a good looking dude. Uh and a dude that has I don't know, he just has great confidence, great swagger. Everybody knows confidence is key. I mean sure, but like okay. Let me just put myself let's let's put ourselves in the position of Ravina. <laughs> hey, so we just found We've got another human here. Oh, wh- where did this person come from? Well, it was actually like five people that we sewed together into one dude. Uh, but he's he's totally a dude. So check out his junk. Look, do you see his junk on the screen that we pulled up for you? <laughs> okay. I don't think she knew. I think they were all fooled. Because they, they didn't think that he was sewn together. No, he for sure. No, 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 he for sure was. They mentioned at the beginning that there wasn't a single person that they found alive on this ship, but they had put together the parts of several people. She knew this was a Frankenstein's monster, and she still was like, "Yeah, I could get on that." <laughs> I mean, that's very progressive of her, and I applaud her looking beyond skin deep, but. Yeah, Dan, it's 2,763,000, I, I did the wrong order there with, I did the wrong order there with numbers, but you get the point. <laughs> I guess part, like, it's kind of explained that she just has not seen another human in years, or like two years, which is not that long, actually, now that I think about it. No. Well, I don't know where, I don't know which way to go on this. To I, okay, hold on, because I think this is an important point. She hasn't seen another human in two years. This is the future. They don't have FaceTime? Are you kidding me? No. She's FaceTimed people that she knows. Hell, you could probably have a pretty freaking sweet long-distance relationship with someone in this futuristic universe. (laughs) Dan, no, okay, you're missing something. You can't have FaceTime in this universe because... I don't know if you've been paying attention to the units they've been using. (laughs) Oh, I have. But they're sending out stuff at kilobytes per second. And that's pretty expensive. Kilobytes per, like a few kilobytes per second is pretty expensive. (laughs) I don't know how much FaceTime uses, but I think it's more than that. Yeah, it's, it's probably more than that. Luke, you're starting to sound like my Comcast provider right now. (laughs) yeah but that's that's a way that you can tell that this book was written in like 1993 (laughs) right it's like the blazing fast speed is kilobytes per second (laughs) and that and that speed is enough to fund levitating oceanfront property right (laughs) not too bad we've been we've, we're doing better than Vern thought we were gonna be no, i mean what is yahoo doing if that's the or aol what are they doing if that's the case come on guys comcast where's our floating city comcast yeah. fair point fair point which like maybe this is actually the product of super strict monopolization like they could make these internet speeds incredibly fast but they're like we're the only game in town <laughs> You get 12 kilobytes a second, and you'll pay me $12 billion for it. Right. Let's just hope that we don't get destroyed every freaking time something 
amazing gets created, which seems to happen often. Yeah, there's a lot like, of reports of this stuff happening. Here's here's the next thing I want to talk about. Solar systems seem to get destroyed very quickly. More than that, whole like not just like a single civilization civilization gets destroyed. Tons of civilizations just go under. And it's like, yeah, but I don't there there's there's a couple things where they're like, should we confront this thing? Mm, he's only killed like a thousand civilizations so far. I don't th- I think he's only going to do another thousand or so. I don't think it's worth it. It's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I well, <laughs> civilization is also an interesting distinguisher for these groups that he's destroying because who would deal with the problem? What's the level above a civilization? Mm-hmm. like a i don't know like a galactic cooperative or some weird term that we haven't come up with yet yeah otherwise it would just be another civilization like it's all it's just a civilization it's just a anytime you have sentient beings coming together to solve a problem it's a civilization <laughs> what's the other word there's no other word for it yeah i guess it seems like the main thing that spans civilizations is companies oh interesting like this uh relay i think is the name of this company the, it's like the org or the something organization the oh yeah the vermin some v something organization that's right yeah close enough that's that seems to be actually well i don't i think you might call that a civilization though i think they do yeah but the but the, but the relay itself i think is a company and yeah, that seems to span civilizations, or at least does business with multiple civilizations. Yeah, the company is like the Vramini Kiliv. Kiliv- I, I was going to try and pronounce it there, Luke, because I had written it down. I, ca- I can't even pronounce it when I'm looking at it. <laughs> I try. Fair enough. Yeah, that's all we can ask. So, I mean, maybe it's... Well, okay, they actually do try to do... They try to... They send this little mission to this world so it seems like the only people that are trying to do anything are this company well but i mean but they have a very selfish interest in it right right so it seems like there's no altruistic there's no altruistic giant central government that comes out that is going to save everybody ah this sucks (laughs) <clears throat> it seems like there's very little cooperation right right well and it seems like it's it's also very racially motivated like the humans know that other species exist but they tend to all hang out with other humans pretty much all the time and these other alien races don't have very many humans hanging out with them either and maybe that's just because the humans are idiots but i don't know Maybe it gets some diversity. Yeah. See, this is why diversity is a good thing. Yeah. Cause, so when a giant rogue AI starts destroying the galaxy, you all have a reason to stop it. I go through a lot of diversity training at work. I'm, I haven't seen this on there yet, and I, I think it needs to be. It's important. It's important. Something else that I wasn't... There's a couple of problems I have with these dog packs that... <laughs> I'd like to talk with you about Luke. Okay. 
uh, both of these are bad. The first, okay. The first one that I want to talk about when Peregrine is learning about Woodcarver again, they mention that Woodcarver goes by she now. <laughs> and Peregrine is astounded by this. And Peregrine says that Woodcarver always went by he. Uh, what the fuck does gender even mean with these things? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a fair point because I mean, it sounds like you can, it sounds like it doesn't matter who's in the, like the sex of the dogs that's in the pack. Wow. What a progressive society. No, 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 Luke. This is not a progressive society. And it's not a progressive society because why do they still have a he, she gender binary with these dog, these random dog packs? What does that even mean? And you know what? We already even have a pronoun for describing a group of things that are genderless. And it's they. <laughs> they fits here unequivocally. We don't need to gender this group this collective of entities what does it even mean (laughs) that's fair because i was originally thinking progressive because they can choose their gender but yeah i agree with you like why would they even limit themselves to a gender this is my point like i don't it what does a he dog pack mean and what does a she-dog pack mean when they consist of dogs of various sexes in various combinations? What happens if you have a dog pack consisting of one of those giant patrol lines? What's the gender <laughs> of that dog pack? Yeah, that's a fair point. Because it's also, he's, the peregrine says this and then bases nothing off of the gender. Right? It doesn't have any effect on anything. It doesn't mean anything to him except i think the reason why they bring it up is so that this dog pack can have hetero dog sex with woodcarver okay so now now i now i think it's a very non-progressive society Uh uh-huh okay yeah because they then it's not explicitly said but they then hook up like right that's what Uh, yeah yeah, they definitely do. I think you're right. That just gives it permit. That that just gave the reader permission to be like, this is okay. <laughs> Which is very not okay. Right. Like, right. The, the genders of these dog packs does not have any meaning. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Uh, Fair point. I'm glad you brought we, that up. You know, this, but this actually leads me into my second point about these dog packs. And it's specifically about the Woodcarver Peregrine sex scene. Okay. Is that a gross bone? What what do you mean? Woodcarver is described as Oh yeah, he's not a good looking Okay. I'm not even talking about dog pack. Attractiveness of dog pack. Two of the dogs are described as being like pups. If okay, when I first read it, it feels like a gross bone. Like, you know, okay. fair. The problem, Luke, is the woodcarver itself is very old. So I don't 
I don't know if it's a gross bone or not. Okay, but here's the thing. What does sex mean in this case? Uh, I don't think it means the same thing. Okay, please continue. I think it's more, I think it's more of a mind-mingling thing. Like an avatar rope, like braid connection? Yeah, <laughs> good analogy. Because these these packs can't come close to each other without like losing their minds yeah so i there might be a component of the dogs actually mating during this case but i think the main thing is them just like coming together and being essentially one crazy pack for a little bit and then separating back out after they're done doing their business right so you're saying it's an orgy that happens in their minds right but i don't know if it's physical or not okay is that still cool for kids and no right because so some of the dogs in that pack are very young but the like consciousness is not so i'm confused i i I don't know i don't know luke (laughs) it gives me weird feelings fair enough i'm gonna try not to overthink it but because I think we could go, I don't know, I think we could draw ourselves around in circles and with that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess we just have to let sleeping dogs lie at, at some point. <laughs> nice. That was, okay, sure. Let's, uh, okay. I have one more kind of, uh, no, I want to, I don't want to do this. Okay, really quickly. Uh, what's his name? Jeffrey or something? The human boy. Kid yep. Yep. Is has a friend, a talking friend that is a group of puppies. Uh huh. That's the dream. I don't have anything more to say on that, but I don't know how it goes better. It gets better from there. I'm so glad you brought this up. I have wanted this for my entire life. <laughs> Why is this kid trying to leave? Yeah, I. He just. Because there's not any more. He thinks that his parents and sister are already dead. Yep. So there's nothing more for him to do. Which, honestly, lose your parents and sister for a sweet dog friend? Kind of a good deal. Not. I mean, maybe worth. Okay. (laughs) We we have to say this. actual my actual mom and dad and sisters that was just kidding right you guys are cool same (laughs) okay here's my next question would you rather okay i'm gonna do a would you rather on this show let's do it yeah here we go this is great content would you rather a collective group of puppies that's talking that is one person talking that is one friend or oh the same amount of puppies that all can talk and are all like, I, I think it's like eight or something. So basically, would you have rather have one single friend that is a group of puppies or eight different friends that are all puppies? Okay, I, I have an answer to this. Uh, the one single puppy. It's easy. No question. Because there's no favorites when there's one single puppy. Mm, it's Good point. There's less drama. It's all your favorite. Okay, it's just that's one. Fair. But do you have? I think you might have favorite individuals. Yeah, right? but they're not. They're not 
different. Like, like he's not going to get offended by this. Yeah. It's like if you have a favorite finger or something. Okay. That's fair. You know? Yeah. Like you go, I go one immediately. I agree with you. I agree with you. I definitely would have favorite individuals. Some dogs are just more fun to pet than others. Right. Or cozier. Like maybe you have one that you snuggle with. I don't know. Yeah. You're so right though. You know what? That's such a, if nothing else in the future, I hope someday humanity realizes this dream of having a collective dog friend for each, each man, woman, and child in their life gets a one collective dog friend. Just think how right, nice that's that would fantastic. be. Fantastic. Yeah. It would be so beautiful. Mm. Honestly, Luke, I'm thinking we leave it there. You think we end there? I yeah okay yeah I agree. So okay, let's end there, and. I'm not going to say we're going to be done with just like talking about dogs, but maybe in the next episodes, we'll talk more about the actual plot line instead of nonsense around the edges. I mean, maybe I'm not going to make any promises. The thing is, now that I think about it, this is our style. Yeah. I'm not going to make any promises aside from hot takes and being dumb nerds. 